Good morning. It's Thursday, the 16th of November, and this is Govind Raj Ethiraj coming to you from Mumbai, India's financial capital. Our top stories and themes for the day. Indian markets follow global signals on low inflation. Sensex rises 742 points. Retail consumption data is mixed, but Indians are gifting more than ever before. A sharp rise in gold imports, almost 100%, drives up India's trade deficit to a record high. After expressing concern over a rise in small loans, the Reserve Bank of India bars Bajaj Finance from lending under two categories. And a legendary hotelier who set the Indian luxury benchmark is no more. This is a core report with Govindraj Athiraj. India's stunning knock against New Zealand came later in the day but the market seemed to have set the pace to use the odd cricketing analogy. Lower inflation numbers from the United States and India fired up the Bombay Stock Exchange Sensex 742 points to end at 65,676 on Wednesday while the Nifty 50 went up 232 points to close at 19,676. Both indices hit one month highs and the Nifty closed at the highest level in approximately a month. Low inflation numbers mean the anticipation that interest rates won't rise further and money will flow into or back into stocks as opposed to safe and high interest bearing US government bonds. The rally was global though with several markets moving up. The MSCI World Equity Index which tracks stocks in 49 countries rose 0.5% to its highest since mid-September following positive sessions in Europe and a rally across Asia. Reuters reported more on MSCI in a moment. Elsewhere oil too was holding steady at $82 a barrel even as Israeli troops entered deeper into Gaza and on-ground fighting intensified. The MSCI also raised India's weightage in its global standard that's emerging markets index to 16.3% from 15.9% on Tuesday, a move that's likely to increase the foreign flow portfolio investments into India after almost a two-year lull. India has seen the second highest weightage in the index after China's near 30% and this could obviously or potentially drive more funds now msci added about 9 indian stocks to the index and will bring the country's stock count in the index to 131 with changes coming into effect from november 30th no indian stocks were deleted to accommodate the new additions on the other hand as we've been monitoring in the core report foreign portfolio investors continue to be net sellers in india since september along with of course many other countries like china taiwan malaysia thailand indonesia and south korea the numbers in china of course are much higher the contrast in india itself is a little sharp almost 5.7 billion dollars of net buying each month in may and june and even july and then falling with over 5 billion dollars flowing out in september october and even now in november so the large question or the larger question of course is could we see a reversal now with this new interest rate and inflation environment internationally So while the bullish statements continue to pour forth and we've been quite faithfully documenting them here as you know the money has to follow Trade deficits widen thanks to gold India's merchantized trade deficit in October widened to a record level partly due to a sharp rise in gold imports during the festival season trade ministry officials said on Wednesday and Reuters reported The trade deficit widened to about 31 billion dollars last month, much higher than the economists' expectation of about 20 billion dollars, according to a Reuters poll. 
Merchandise exports stood at about $33 billion and imports were up to $65 billion. So, gold imports were up 95% in October year-on-year, Commerce Ministry official said and Reuters reported, and total imports, that is of gold in October, were around $7 billion according to Reuters. So, gold imports are really high, that's despite, interestingly enough, high import tariffs and also, as we've seen and has been reported, a much higher level of smuggling, as again inferred from the number of seizures that are going up. Services exports in October were about $28.7 billion, while in September, they were about $29.3 billion. So, services exports too have slowed at least month on month. Reserve Bank asks Bajaj Finance to stop two lending products. The Reserve Bank of India on November 15th asked Bajaj Finance to stop the sanction and dispersal of loans under its two lending products with immediate effect. These lending products are called Ecom and Insta EMI Card. This action is on account of non-adherence to digital lending guidelines of the Reserve Bank of India, the regulatory body said. The central bank further said that these supervisory restrictions will be reviewed upon the rectification of the deficiencies to their satisfaction. So the Reserve Bank has been expressing caution over the rise of small loans in India. Delinquencies for loans under 50,000 rupees were at 8% as of June 2023. Reuters quoted data from credit bureau CRIF Highmark. Now, this is well above the 1.4% bad loan ratio for all retail loans as of March 2023. Remember, retail loans already means smaller loans compared to institutional or home. But this is, of course, smaller, according to the latest Reserve Bank data. So now the rise in small loans has apparently sharply outpaced overall bank credit growth of about 15% over the last year. Total value of loans below 10,000 rupees were up 37% in the financial year ending March 31st, 2023. And loans between 10 to 50,000 rupees rose 48%, Reuters reported. Now, investor favorite Bajaj Finance is considered the largest lender for financing discretionary spends across consumer electronics, digital products, furniture, and so on across the country. FMCG sector sees some slowdown. Gifting is on the rise. Sales of fast-moving consumer goods saw a mixed October as corner stores stocked up for Diwali and an extended festival season according to data by retail intelligence firm Bizom, which connects about 250,000 distributors and touches about 8 million retailers across India. So the key insights are that rural growth that has been soft so far is seeing a rise into Diwali. Segments like commodities, which could be over 40% of total FMCG value, has seen a 27% drop, thanks to some extent to lower prices of edible oils. Remember, low edible oil prices are also keeping overall food inflation levels low. And then broadly, segments like confectionery, beverage and packaged foods have done well, as have gifting, which is of course linked to these categories. So in itself, gifting seems to have risen and more of that shortly in some ways at the cost of other categories. So simply put, did we buy less soaps and toothpaste and other food products so we could spend more on gifts including confectionery last month? Quite possibly, yes. Personal care spending is down close to 4%. So I reached out to Akshay D'Souza, Chief of Growth and Insights at Bizom to get a handle on last month's numbers. And I began by asking him what were his larger takeaways, not just for last month, but for the last few months. One of the recent challenges to consumption, especially FMCG, has largely been that rural has been a little subdued over the last, say, four or five months that we've seen. 
over the previous couple of years, we have seen rural has been the one that's been powering growth. So a lot of the growth plans for organizations who kind of depend more on rural, as it is a large ones, have kind of been impacted a little bit because of that. And you, you kind of see that, you know, in all of their quarterly kind of thumbs out, they kind of put out the pressure on rural, the kind of that has been called out. Now, while that's the context, we did see some positive movement that actually happened in September in rural. And rural actually grew higher than urban in September. And that kind of got us a mid-single-digit growth for the month. But while July or September remained negative. But again, that's largely because we've been struggling with the sales point of view. We're seeing commodity prices, especially for edible oils, have been significantly down. And I think that's really impacted sales. But net of that, I think we are seeing good positive movement that we saw in the last quarter, especially in home care. And also a little bit in the packaged food and confectionery side. Which essentially also indicates to me that there is good adequate stocking happening for the festival season. And India is not really a one festival season. I mean, there's been a two-part. There's been an earlier Independence Day, Raksha Bandhan, you know, and post it, the Navratri that we kind of have had along with the Seder. And I think that's really where the whole season starts. And I think you look at pockets in, say, Calcutta, then you look at pockets in Gujarat, and, and I kind of bring them all together. And I think you're kind of seeing that now, even in October, we're seeing a similar trend. I think we're seeing that the overall rural pickup, especially due to festival, has been better. And when I say pickup, it is largely driven by stocking in rural. Consumption is expected to follow. And I think actual consumption, understanding, we will get better next month once the actual overall numbers for November come through, when we understand restocking in the stores. Now, amongst the six categories that you track, commodities is the largest in value terms or close to half. And that has shown the biggest drop. That's minus 27% but of which edible oils is a large part. Now, we're obviously measuring all this in value. Edible oil prices have come down, so therefore it's not growing. But this also means that people are not consuming more edible oil despite prices having dropped. Or maybe they don't need to. I mean, or they're just consuming as much as they want. Branded commodities is little more than a third to roughly about 40%, depending on the month and the season that you are in. That's the weightage. And now within that, you actually have many commodities and obviously edible oils is one of the largest. Now, when I look at consumption index to price drop, we definitely have a slight rise in consumption, but it's not enough to compensate for the drop in price. And the drop in price has been actually quite massive. Year on year, we actually saw in certain categories, even up to 40% drop in prices annually from last year to now. Obviously, that's against the backdrop of the prices increasing dramatically last year. While that has happened, another thing that we've actually managed to do is India actually ensured adequate supply availability, making sure that we kind of continue to get the you know, supply at a much lower rate. It's also to say that the whole of India celebrates the festival and edible oil is a very important part of that. I think keeping that low, I think also is good for the sentiment. And I think you are actually seeing that because of that, uh, most of the other categories seem to be also spiking and you know, stocking kind of picking up for almost all the other categories. Right. So now if you were to look at, let's say, something like personal care, which I'm assuming again is an important component. Now that is also negative. What does that typically reflect? You know, to a certain extent, I mean, if you go beyond your soaps and beyond the basic need categories uh, that are part of personal care, I think you are also looking at some of this discretionary spending that kind of typically rolls into personal care. And I think that really clearly tells you that maybe a discretionary spending for that category is not as high. Or at least Kiranas are not finding as much demand for it now in the festival season as they are finding the need to spend their investments in the other categories where they expect far, far greater offtakes. So they will typically, if they're finding 
most of the gifting packs across beverage or commodity or your packaged food to be faster moving at this point of time. And I think that's when I think their own investment into personal care is far lower at this point compared to what maybe it was even a year back. And they kind of shifted that into other buckets. So you're saying people are spending more on gifting packs, which are more available in stores and Kirana shops as compared to, I mean, one is as compared to personal care, which consumption of which is reduced, but also obviously more than last year. Is that because of availability or is it, I don't know, maybe people are just becoming more generous? Actually, last year I was tracking this at the same time and one major challenge that we were facing last year was against the backdrop of heavy inflation that we had last year. Almost all categories were trending lower at the point because they obviously saw quite a lot of inflation that was affecting sales and even just affecting purchases at that point of time. And I think one key reason is because household budgets were being eaten up at that point by the branded commodities, which are actually spiked disproportionately. That typically also affected every other spend. And I think people kind of were also holding back due to that. And I think that is something that we saw last year. But I think this year, while commodity spend is down, specifically personal care, I mean, I think it definitely makes sense to kind of go into the breakdown of what in personal care. But I think we'll have to just kind of wait and see how that pans out over the next month just to make sure the consumption, how much consumption has actually gone through. Right. And then last one is confectionery, which has grown about 27%. So again, obviously, confectionery spend in festival season would have also been high last year. So why has it jumped so much this year? Is it because prices have gone up or just sheer demand? So two things, right? I think household budgets are now more available. That's that's the one thing. We are at slightly, at not slightly, but I think reasonably much lower inflation this year. And I think that's been, these have been two major factors that I can at least point out, which are necessarily positively impacting that category or impacting any kind of discretionary spend in that category, which I think was maybe subdued last year because of the overall inflationary environment and the excessive spending on certain need categories that you had last year. So, confectionery and packaged goods, including gifts, somewhat, I'm assuming, go together in some ways? Correct. So, even beverages, for example, at this time of the year, they're asking us mixed shifts into a lot of gift packs, even for them. So, even that has kind of seen a, a slight rise there. So, you see all these three kind of gifting packs kind of seem to be showing a good spike. Right. So, would it be fair to ask or at least conclude that Indians are gifting more this year than ever before? Definitely. It looks like that at the moment. Numbers for next month remain flat. It definitely indicates that. Flat or high, I think numbers absolutely surely indicate consumption has happened and I think gifting has improved a lot. Great. Akshay, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks. Thanks, Rohan. Legendary hotelier PRS Oberoi is no more. Great hoteliers usually have great vision. They have the foresight backed with considerable guts to find new and distant locations, new environments, and then go on to create blends of luxury and opulence for people who are willing to pay the premium for them. Ajit Kerkar, who was chairman of Indian Hotels of the Taj Group and is credited with taking the Taj Group from a single property across Gateway of India and the harbour in Mumbai to hundreds of locations world over, went to Goa and set up the first Taj Hotels there around 1973, at the point when the beachside state was more of a hippie's paradise, unknown in many ways to most Indians. Today, it's perhaps too well-known and struggles with success and overconstruction. Like Kerkar found Goa and adopted it, he belonged to the state, by the way, PRS Oberoi brought luxury to Jaipur and Udaipur with Raj Vilas in 1997 and Uday Vilas in Udaipur a few years later at levels never seen before, and I mean luxury, and at prices that could not be imagined. In Oberoi's passing on 14th November, India has lost a great hotelier and visionary. 
Now, there are writers on hospitality whose eloquence and understanding I will shortly defer to, but suffice to say that Oberoi set a global benchmark in luxury, which has been and continues to be respected and revered. Kerkar and the Taj group he built came a long way and is bigger today, but Oberoi set new standards in luxury and refused to join the quantity race in the chain founded by his father Rai Bahadur Mohan Singh Oberoi with two properties in New Delhi. Here is an excerpt of a conversation between well-known journalist and writer Veer Sangvi and PRS Oberoi from 2010 on CNBC TV18, focusing on the Raj Villas in Udaipur, a property that best epitomizes the Oberoi brand and trademark and PRS Oberoi's principles. I used to go to Jaipur. I bought a fort, which I renovated for myself. That was before we started uh, building the hotel. That's Naila, right? That's Naila. And I used to stay in a hotel, which was very uncomfortable. Are so you going to name the hotel? I'd rather not. All right. The food was poor. The staff were not clean. They were not clean? They were not even clean. They had a lot of old staff. Okay. And I said, people come to Delhi. They come to, to Bombay. They are reasonable hotels there. But to go to Jayapur, Udaipur, there were no good hotels. And good hotels are not only... Uh, the physical attributes of the hotel. It's also the service, the food, mm. cleanliness. So I said we should build up, we should build hotels in these smaller places. And that's how it all started. And I told our people, I said, go and look for a site, not in town, out of town. Mm. And people said to me, oh, where are you building Rajvadas? It's so far away. Nobody is going to go and live there. And Which was a valid objection. You were well, it's not 25 minutes from the airport? On the other side of town? Yes. Yes. Not near tourist Jaipur at all? Yes, not near tourist Jaipur, but it's half an hour from town. And in any city uh, today, with the yeah. traffic it is... But your competition was the center of town? They were yeah, most, most, most central. It was no competition then, it's more competition today. Also, when you built Raj Villas, you could have built a standard hotel, but you chose a very different kind of hotel. You chose tents, you chose villas, which was something that we hadn't seen in Rajasthan or in India before. What made you do that? Well, I'll tell you, the tent idea was stolen from Aman. It was, was it? Yeah. Okay. Not exactly the same. But, but the concept. concept was the same. And if you have 32 acres of land, you can't build a uh, five-story hotel there. It would be. But you don't have to buy 32 acres of land. Well, it's a chicken and egg thing. Yeah, but I wanted a beautiful gardens. I wanted private swimming pools. And I think gardens are very important, in, and all our hotels are in, in and and the bathrooms. Gardens. You had those magnificent bathrooms, yeah, and that I huge learned. sunken bathtubs, yeah, with little gardens out with uh, outside the bathroom. I learned that from Bali. In our hotel in Bali, every room has a, a small garden outside the bathroom, and I believe two things are important: light is very important, whether it's a bathroom or a room, and if you can get the height, hmm. if I can get in a city hotel a 12 foot uh, height in a room. I'd be very happy. India through to the Cricket World Cup Finals. And in cricket, Mohamed Shami, the bowler, starred with seven wickets as India fought off New Zealand to reach the first Cricket World Cup final since 2011, 
Virat Kohli created history on Wednesday as he became the first batter in international cricket to hit 50 hundreds in one day internationally. He hit the century against New Zealand at Wankhede Stadium and he reached the milestone in 106 balls after equaling legend Sachin Tendulkar's record for most centuries. That's 49 in one day international as at the Eden Garden against South Africa. On that happy note, I hope you enjoy the finals in Ahmedabad on Sunday and have a great day ahead. This was the core report with me Govindraj Ethiraj. Do stay connected with more of our coverage at the core. You can check out our website or sign up to our newsletter at www.thecore.in that is www.thecore.in or follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook as well. Now, we would love your feedback on how we can make business more interesting and relevant to you including our reporting on India's vibrant manufacturing sector. Write to us at feedback@thecore.in. At Thank you for listening.